The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Hello, my name's Wayne Mugley, Pickleball Lover. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Wayne, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball, winning pickleball, while having even more fun and meeting new friends along the way who share your passion for this great game. I'm your host, Chris Allen. And you say you want some tips, you want some tactics, you want some strategies, you want some fundamentals. I know one guy you should be listening to, and that is Coach Mo. We're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. Coach Mo, the man who can single-handedly raise real estate prices in the villages at least 2%. <laughs> Don't you think? You know, people, he's a draw. People come, they want to play pickleball, they want to live in pickleball heaven. And uh, yeah, it's like, oh, Coach Mo, I could run into him on the court. He could give me a few tips, some pointers, some, you know, a little, uh, little private coaching, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'll, I want to live here. I'll pay a little extra for that. Looking forward to talking to him in just a few. But first, I want to hear from you, the Pickleball Hotline. It's open 24-7. You can call it anytime. 1-855-PB-SHOW. That's 1-855-PB-SHOW. Hey, Chris, this is Tim from Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh... I have a comment and a question. First, uh, I love the show. Keep it up. And my question is, I'm fairly new to the sport, been playing about nine months, and what I'm seeing at the few tournaments I've been to, I guess I don't understand the rule, or maybe people are fudging on it, but the underhand serve or the motion that's supposed to be underhand, I see a lot of people using what looks to be like a side uh, arm motion almost, where the head of the paddle is not below the wrist. I'm just wondering if uh, I'm misinterpreting that or what's going on with that. Tim, you raise a good point there. We've actually had some other calls and emails regarding this topic. And if you remember in uh, a few episodes ago when when we talked to Gail Leach, the author of The Art of Pickleball, she said that the number one thing she hears from her readers in terms of questions and pet peeves is, regarding the serve and you know why why is this serve legal and this way isn't legal and all this kind of stuff and you know you watch videos of the nationals and these are the top players in the country really the top in the world probably and a lot of times i'm sitting there watching it on youtube and i'm thinking man if i went down to my local gym tomorrow and served the way that guy's serving I don't think it would, be, it would be one game before somebody pulled me aside and said, "Hey, buddy, you need to uh, need to get that serve a little more underhand there. You're uh, you're really doing some sidearm action there." So you know what we need to do? We need to have a special episode of the pickleball show devoted entirely to the serve. I'm going to work on that, put it together, and uh, be on the lookout for that coming up soon. Let's get to the bottom of this and answer this serve question once and for all. Okay? All right. Tim was in Illinois. Let's head down to Texas. This is Nanette of McAllen, Texas. I'm a fairly new pickleball player and going to my first tournament playing women's doubles. And I'm curious, is there one or two common mistakes that beginner doubles teams make out on the court, either as individuals or playing together when they go to their first tournament? Some particular thing that they're getting too excited or not excited enough about and making crazy shots. In, in what respect, what thing could they probably improve on the most? 
Nanette, I would say that the thing that's going to make the most difference for a new player or a new team playing in a tournament is showing up early and getting used to the venue. That, to me, is the number one game changer. Because if you're new and you haven't played in a lot of different places, things are going to really sound different to you. They're going to feel different. Uh, The colors of the the court are going to be different. The color of the lines might even be different. And if you can take advantage of the practice day, usually it's the Thursday uh, prior to the tournament starting on a Friday. If you can get there a day early and take advantage of that, that would be great. Or if you can't, Show up super early Friday morning and try to get a little court time and get used to just the venue itself, the sound the ball makes, the way it feels, the bounce, all those things. So get there early, get used to the venue, and then after that, you can relax, you can play your game, and uh, play as well as you possibly can. Good evening, Chris. This is uh, Dave from Rochester, New York. Just wanted to tell you, great job so far. I really love uh, listening to your show. And I wanted to let you know that I was a physical education teacher, and I started teaching pickleball in 1983 to my PE classes, and the kids loved it. I never played myself because I was too busy teaching it and picked it up in uh, roughly 2008. Played in a lot of, uh, you know, rec leagues and so forth so on. And I just wanted to uh, rant and rave or give a little pet peeve, uh, two of them in particular. One is when uh, paddles are in a uh, box ready to play in a game, people coming and uh, moving their paddles so they can play with their favorite people and not wanting to play with the lesser skilled players. Another pet peeve, which is a major one, (laughs) is when two... I'm, I'm, I'm picking on the guys now. When I play with a, uh, again, I'm not being sexist or discriminatory, but when I'm playing with a woman who is a beginner, you know, less than a year uh, experience, playing against two males, very experienced players, and they're just jamming it down her throat. How does that promote the game? And I see more, more of this men doing this and it discourages the women from even wanting to play so again picking on a lesser player instead of just putting the ball in play and having fun i do realize there are different levels so again those are my pet peeves you'll be hearing from me on a regular basis (laughs) sounds good dave call anytime look forward to hearing from you Yeah, I haven't really run into that a whole lot in pickleball, um, but I'm sure that it does happen, what you describe. Uh, I had mentioned in the original episode that in my 30s, I had played a bunch of volleyball, not beach volleyball, but six-person on a side, just in a gym, you know, local fitness center, that kind of thing, and, you know, mixed skill levels, and a lot of nice women that would come and and just want to play to get some exercise, and there were some guys that would just want to haul off and really spike that ball, and... uh, uh, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't discriminate. Uh, and they actually liked it when, you know, one of those women, you know, it was their turn to block them because they knew they weren't going to get any opposition and they could really just have a free, you know, free shot at the ball. That's a tough problem to address because it's more of a character issue than it is anything else. You know, it's just bad sportsmanship on their part. 
One thing that you can do, uh, make sure you don't confront them in front of everybody because that's just that's just going to lock them into that position and they're going to claim they're not doing anything wrong or if you can't stand the heat, you know, get out of the kitchen, no, no pun intended. Uh, so don't do that. Take them aside if you can. And if you know it's going to be an issue coming up, try to catch them when you're walking to the court uh, and, and not in front of the person you're going to be partnered up with, but uh, catch them, you know, by themselves as you're walking along and say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to be partnered up with Karen and, uh, you know, she's just starting out. So, you know, this might be a good time for you guys to work on your soft game, work on your dinking. Yeah, it's tough to address those character issues. Just do what you can. Make them, you know, think it's their idea. If you can plant that seed and uh, get it across to them, then uh, go from there and see what happens. It is just too bad. Some of those guys, they just, for whatever reason, have something to prove. And it's not about helping pickleball. And it's not about, you know, growing the sport or making sure everybody has a good time. It's just about them looking good. And to them, you know, that's what makes them look good. Uh, Boy, if they only knew. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for the calls. And Pickleball Hotline, like I said, is open 24-7. Give it a call. 1-855-PB-SHOW. And everybody that called today and all month of February... You are now entered to win the free paddle from PickleballPaddlesPlus.com. Head over to the website, check it out, see which one you want, because it's any paddle you choose. We'll be picking a winner next week. Coming up, Coach Mo here on the Pickleball Show. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to GEICO.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. It's the Pickleball Show and your host, Chris Allen. Been uh, anxious to talk to this gentleman for a while, if nothing else than to tell him thank you because he's really, really helped me out on the Pickleball Court. I got his DVD, uh, Pickleball Clinics, a while back and have really enjoyed it. Lots of helpful stuff in there, uh, great videos, great demonstrations, and uh, you can see uh, some clips of it at pickleballcoach.com. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Coach Mo. Coach, welcome to the Pickleball Show. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Now, Coach, we're going to talk some pickleball here in just a minute, but i got to ask you about the 1980 Olympic hockey team, the Miracle on Ice team. Tell us what your involvement was with that team. Well, my involvement was I was coaching a junior A hockey team in Massachusetts. And by background, and we had happened to go to the national tournament that year, and they picked three coaches from each section of the United States, four sections, to help with the uh, National Sports Festival, which picks the Olympic team. Just help with the tryouts and help with the tryouts in Massachusetts, then go out to Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center and help out there with practicing and games. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I had a good background because I had coached at every level, college, high school, every level, all the way down to Mike, even my own son. So it was amazing. Uh, It was Everybody thought that we just loved to win a bronze medal, and then they ended up winning it all. It really was a miracle on ice. Did you know uh, before the Olympics, did you know that that team was something special? It wasn't supposed to win. I mean, the Russians were a professional team, and they were playing against college players in a sense, because most of them had just graduated from college. They weren't expected to even get a bronze medal. But uh, they had some excellent talent, and they had a great coach, Herb Brooks, and uh, they and Herb ended up teaching them how to beat the Russians, beat them at their own game. So they played the way the Russians did. At first, they were kind of uneasy about doing that, and then they uh, realized that, uh, gee, this probably might might work. And uh, they had a spectacular goaltender, 
which helped didn't hurt. Hot goalie doesn't hurt any time. And then they have to be a little lucky, too. Because <laughs> I think if they played the Russians 10 times, they may have only won once. But that's all it counts. You win when it, when it counts. That's the key. That was quite a night. I remember it. And I really, I really would rank that up there uh, along with, you know, the Joe Namath guarantee. So many great moments in sports. And that, that is right up there among the, uh, the top. It is. And I got tickets to it. Can you believe it? Two tickets they give you because I was helping with the tryouts. But I was coaching my high school team and a junior A team at the same time. And my policy was, you got to show up to practice and show up to the games or else you don't play. So I couldn't really go see the game up at Lake Placid. So the night of the game, I was watching it on my home TV, and we had a snowstorm, and my TV went out. I had to drive in a snowstorm to the local uh, pub and watch it on TV. Oh, boy. But it was spectacular. So glad I was able to get there. Not picked <laughs> out along the way, but it was spectacular. Now, you coached uh, hockey. You, you went on to coach tennis after that. How long ago did you start coaching pickleball? Nine years ago, I thought I'd die on a tennis court. I was a teaching pro in tennis uh, after I retired. I retired 21 years ago, and I bought a place on the ocean across the street from a racket club, and I started playing uh, USDA travel tennis. And then if I was giving private lessons at times, you know, just to keep in, because I was a teacher and I enjoyed uh, coaching. So a friend of mine that I was teaching moved to the villages, and we went for a couple of days, and uh, we decided that uh, someday when we get old, we're going to move to the villages because we liked pickleball. He introduced me to pickleball. And for some reason, I got old. I, <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yes. So we had a good time, and then I started playing pickleball, and then people found out that I was a teaching pro in tennis, and they started asking me questions, you know, how do I get a forehand? What should I do with my backhand? How about my volley? And I don't sleep very well at night, so I get up at 3 in the morning. I started writing uh, pages about strategy of pickleball and some technique stuff, and it came to about 15 pages. So I printed it up, and I started giving it out free to people. And then I realized if I keep giving these out, I'm going to have to go back to work because they're a dollar piece, and I gave out a couple of hundred. <laughs> so a friend of mine said, gee, uh, why don't you just make a CD and save yourself all that paper and ink and tell people to email me and I'll download it to their computer. And that's what we did for a few months. And then my son-in-law came to visit and he said to me, gee, Mo, well, why don't you just let me make you a free website? And people can just click on the website and read your strategy guide and technique and videos and stuff like that. And that's what we did. And we had, right now we get about 60 or 70,000 hits on it in the last four or five years. Uh, and then uh, we started, uh, Jim Wright and I, who give, we give clinics together, we started giving lessons in the villages and pretty much every week for a year. And we started giving lessons all over the United States. It just turned into something that uh, we never expected for it to get so big. Then, we, then while we were giving lessons, uh, one of our uh, people that we were giving lessons to said, you know, we're only going to remember about 25% of everything. You're giving us a lot of good information but we'll never remember it. Why don't you make a DVD so that we can have it for the rest of our lives? Slow motion, it's fast forwarded forever. And that's what we did. And uh, now it's pretty much all over the United States. Well, I've got my copy right here in my hands. Uh, one of those 60 or 70,000 hits you were talking about on the website, one of those was from me. I uh, ordered this DVD and have learned so much from it. And uh, thank you for taking the time to do it and put those lessons together. I really do appreciate it. I've gone through it. 
probably five or six times total. I need to I need to put it in and go through it again, especially the way I played this morning. I need to I need to get some fundamentals back into uh, into my game and quit trying to cowboy it quite so much. Uh, you know, it's sometimes you know you think like last week. I was thinking, boy, I, I think I turned a corner finally, but. Uh, you know, little did I know over the weekend, I think I made three more right-hand turns and wound up right back where I started from uh, a while back. So, uh, Most important thing is that people have to get good technique and they have to practice. If they don't practice, they'll only get so good. They'll go get their, their, almost to their ability level. But you, you have to get good technique and practice. Playing doesn't really do the trick because the better you get, the hotter it is to win because people aren't going to hit you the ball as often as you'd like. So if you don't go out and hit one-on-one on half the double squad and practice keeping the ball in play and grooving your strokes, uh, that's the way you get better. That's where you get to a national tournament. That's uh, I don't play in tournaments, but I was coaching this young guy, uh, Phil Bagley. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, teamed up with uh, Brian Staub. They won uh, in 2013. They won the uh, Nationals, the Men's Open. Right. So in 2010, after coaching him for three years, his dad came up to me and he said, Mo, please talk to Phil. I know he'd do well in the Nationals and he'd enjoy it, but you've got to give him a little push for me. So I talked to him and he said, I'll let you know. And he, he calls me up and he says, okay, I'll take you. I'll, I'm going out to Arizona with you. That's a good idea. If you come out there, I'll pay for all your expenses for the whole week that we're out there. And I said, I'll go out there with you, but I won't take a dime and I'll enjoy every minute of it. So we... We're going to go out there. And then all of a sudden he emails me two weeks later. He says, you know, he says, since you're going to be out there, why don't we play together? And I went, are you crazy? I said, I'm 70 years old. I'm going to be playing against 35 and 20-year-olds. I said, do you really want me for a punt? He says, I got faith in you. If we never win a point, that's fine. If we don't win a game, that's fine. He said, we'll just have fun and we'll give it a shot. Well, we complimented each other. Before we were done, everybody was calling us coach and poach. All I did was keep the ball alive, and all he did was win every point. I just, my whole job was not to make any unforced errors, keep the ball low, and wait for my opponent to make a mistake. And when they did, watch out, because Philip was there. And so we got a silver medal in the 35-plus, and we got to the quarterfinals in the Open. And he's against guys that are really young and quick and have left the ground within the last 20 years, and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) that's a it's a good strategy sometimes though when i'm when i'm waiting for uh, i hear i hear your your voice in my head saying just be patient wait for the other team to make a mistake but boy some days it seems like i'm waiting forever and they're not making any mistakes (laughs) well vic braden always said because i always enjoy the way he uh, taught and coached is that always give your opponent one more chance to take the pipe that was (laughs) philosophy and be patient Keep the ball low, always at the toes. Every time you hit the ball, keep it at the toes. Down the middle of the court 80% of the time. And if you go down to the left person's left foot, when you're looking across the net, the person on the left, his inside foot, low to the backhand. If you've never seen anybody play before, low to the backhand is probably 95% of the people is their weakest shot. And low to the backhand, you've got 10 feet in both directions to make a mistake. You're going over the low part of the net, it's two inches lower down the middle of the court. And the best part is you're causing confusion between the two players. 
and they look at each other sometimes, just let that ball go right between them and don't even swing at it. Yeah, boy, I so know that it's feeling. The high percentage place to put the ball. And I noticed recently you've released a video uh, that that uh, talks about down the middle shots and why the middle is uh, so important. And eighty percent of the time, it is the uh, it makes sense to to put the ball there. And uh, great video. Yes, we combined two of them into one sleeve. Now uh, it's like an addendum to the first one, which uh, it's about the soft game and the split step. The most important thing in pickleball is to split step every single time your opponent touches the ball. Every single time. That could be 200 times a game. You have to stop where you are, split step, and be ready to take any low ball or be ready to cross step and and take the ball in the air. So if you do that, you'll be in a good, balanced, ready position, and you'll be a much better player. I just keep wanting to hit on the run all the time, and I I tell myself I have a little conversation in my head. I think you know I know I shouldn't be doing this, but then I I say, well, just this one time, and then I'll do it the right way. And that one time keeps going point after point after point, and uh, I need I really need to work on that and just stop hitting on the run. If anybody's listening, they could just pull up a Google tennis split step, and they'll see all the best players in the world, the best coaches in the world explaining why that is so important in tennis. And pickleball is tennis. It's just a variation. It's uh, What's great about pickleball is pickleball, you can slow the game down. I could not, If I played at a 5-0 level in tennis at 70, I would not get one single point because they hit 120-mile-an-hour serves and the court's so big and they, they rip the ball and I can't slow the game down to my pace. Pickleball, you slow the game down. When somebody puts a tough shot at you, you just drop it back into the kitchen, and you get up to the line. You play the game from the line, one inch from the no volleys on line or a foot and a half outside the baseline or on your way to the line. You should be always on your way to the line, not in no man's land or no woman's land. Now, one of the best ways to get up to the line if you're serving is to hit that third shot, drop that third shot into the kitchen, and that is one of the most difficult shots that I've uh, encountered, uh, and I, I, I keep going back and forth with it. Uh, if I hit too low, it seems like I'm deep into the kitchen or even beyond the non-volley uh zone if i hit it too high though i'm shallow in the kitchen which is nice but then there's so much bounce on the ball my opponent can just step in and slap it away if i have to err on one side is there is there a side well the key is i some people want to go to the right post which would be low to the backhand to the guy on that side i think down the middle is a much better place you should be just trying to give yourself enough leeway over the net so you don't make any mistakes stay about a foot over the net the key to the is to drop it between the no volley zone line and the net, halfway between, if you can do it. And the only way you're going to be able to do it is to practice it and practice it and practice it and have somebody feed you balls. And it's like throwing horseshoes. I'm sure a professional horseshoe thrower, if there is anyone that does that, when that horseshoe is two inches from his hand, he knows if it's a ringer. Mm. And after I've hit so many thousands and thousands of dink shots, into the kitchen, I can tell the second that ball touches my paddle if I hit a good shot or not a good shot. So if you practice it and you hit about 10,000 of them, after a while it becomes a feel. It's not a hit anymore. It's a feel. You can feel it into the kitchen. So you can almost tell with your eyes closed whether it's going to be a good third shot. Exactly. Gotcha. One of of my favorite 
videos in the uh, DVD, the Pickleball Clinics DVD, which, by the way, is available on Coach Mo's website, pickleballcoach.com. One of my favorite illustrations is the radar screen. I don't know if you remember that particular video, but uh, I've told several people about that, and uh, I really like that. And basically, it's it's, uh, if you're standing at the non-volley zone, you've touch your paddle to the ground on the right side, then reach over, touch it as far as you can touch it out to the left side, and then look at that that kind of uh, semicircle between those two points, and that makes what you called a radar screen, correct? Yes, it's a cross-step. If you're right up at the line, you really can't cross-step, but if you get caught in no man's land, you can cross-step your left goes to the right post, and your right foot steps towards the left post. And after a while, you know what you could, what your range is for your height and uh, your athletic ability. Mm-hmm. And, and then you are that one quick step. You can cover a lot of areas, especially if it's forward to the left or to the right. And it's a good position to be in. Now, the cross step is very good when you get older and you don't have the ability or the quickness that you had when you're younger. The side step is the best footwork there is because you're always in a ready position to hit the ball. The cross step is great. If you're really somebody rips a ball and you want to get there quickly, then you cross step and you can cover the whole width of the double score one, one step, one mm-hmm. cross. So it's, it's very good, but you know, a lot of coaches say, Oh, don't cross step. You want to sidestep. Okay. That's great. But if you can't do it quickly, you're not going to be able to recover in time to play the next shot if you don't hit a winner. So the cross step is also very important because they do it in tennis on return to serve at a, ball is coming 120 miles an hour at them. So the key is when you cross step, it's not a problem as long as you slow the game down when you cross and get yourself in an awkward position. You drop it into the kitchen, and then you get back to your ready position before they can even touch the ball. So it's really not a deficit as long as you play smart. If you rip the ball in your cross step and you're not have enough time to get ready, you could certainly get... Uh, get caught up and probably lose the point because of it. Especially if you've got one foot in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, that cross. when they put it by the post or just, and never go in the kitchen with two feet. Always one foot. Yeah, going with two, you've got to take two steps to get out. Just step in, lunge in with one foot, keep the other foot outside the line, tap the ball softly so that you can get ready again into the kitchen halfway from the no volley zone line to the net, and then get right back out of there and get you your ready position. The faster you hit the ball, the faster you have to get ready. So, and if you're in an awkward position stepping in the kitchen, you better slow the game down or you're going to be in big trouble. Well, Coach, I know that you have to uh, head out to Tampa to teach a clinic, and I'm going to be in big trouble if I make you late for that. There's so many things, though, I want to ask you about. Is it okay if I call you back and we continue this next week? I could talk pickleball for 10 hours, so anytime you want to give me a call, that's fine. I enjoy it immensely. Thank you, Coach. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you next week. That's Coach Mo. You can learn more at pickleballcoach.com. Tournament Roundup with Melissa McCurley coming up next. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. 
It's the Pickleball Show and your host, Chris Allen. Joining us from PickleballTournaments.com, Melissa McCurley with a tournament roundup. Where are we going today, Melissa? Hi, we're out in the southwest region. Oh, I was slow on the whoosh. Sorry about that. That's all right. You know I was waiting for it. I can't get on the wave without it. <laughs> Give me another chance. Give me another chance here. I'll, I'll be quicker. All right. We're uh, back in the southwest region. There we go. <laughs> and we're going to hit just a couple of tournaments here. You got uh, the Ropes and Ranch tournament coming up. We got about 400 players in that 50-plus skill event. And uh, registration is open until the 1st of March. So be sure to get in for that one. Uh, also, at Sun City West, you have your Fun in the Sun open until March the 1st. Uh, it's a perfect opportunity to come in, be a part of the Arizona Sun, get you uh, get you a tan before you're heading back to the, to the Midwest. And then don't leave Southwest without making sure you get into the Sun City Spring Slam. This tournament is at the new Marinette Center in Sun City, Arizona. 20 pickleball courts. Eight of them are undercover and open to the outside. So the first of its kind uh, here in the Southwest. So uh, make sure you get yourself registered. If you're like me, not quite old enough to play, um, you know, I have been approached about fake IDs just trying to get into these tournaments <laughs> and some of these venues. So get you a fake ID made and get yourself into the pickleball tournament. It really is true. Life does come full circle, doesn't it? No, it absolutely does. I mean, I can remember getting my fake ID for other things uh, back in my 20s, but I never thought I'd need a fake ID to get into a pickleball tournament. <laughs> Where else are we headed today, Melissa? We're headed to the Pacific Northwest, and we... Oh, I almost forgot to get on my board. <laughs> you got to get a whoosh for the new area there. There you hey, go. Hey, I'll, I'll get used to it. And so uh, we're heading to Albany, Oregon, and here you have your Williamette Valley Spring Rally. This is going to be in an indoor uh, tennis-type venue, USAPA skilled uh, tournament. So be a great practice tournament leading into the summer events that uh, we'll cover in a future episode around Oregon. And then while we're riding the wave, let's go on up to Vancouver, Washington, which is also part of the Northwest, where they're having a shamrock shootout. Deadline to get registered for that is on March the 6th. So get your favorite four-leaf clover and a paddle. Get yourself signed up for this one. You just never know when you're going to have the luck of the Irish. And if you don't, then just go get you a beer. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to round this one out, uh, Chris, headed to the Midwest. And we are going to have a USAPA-sanctioned tournament there, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Tournament. It's the classic there. It is the first time that these games are going to be holding a pickleball tournament. It's the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus, Ohio. Registration is open until March the 1st. And entry to this event also gets you access to the Arnold Fitness Expo and most of the events that they're going to be having at the Columbus Convention Center. So Now, is Arnold, is Arnold going to be there? Don't know. So that's another good reason to come. See if you can find uh, Arnold, kind of like the Where's Waldo, you know? <laughs> Where's Arnold? Where's Arnold? Where is yeah. he? <laughs> uh, and I don't know. And, and at least for me, um, you know, I guess uh, for the next tournament uh, tournament update, all I can say is I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We look forward to talking to you, Melissa. And I look forward to talking with you as well. That's Melissa McCurley from PickleballTournaments.com. Check out their website, and while you're at it, 
If you're in front of the computer, check out our website too. It's pickleballshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us, mail at pickleballshow.com. We'd really love it if you give us a call. The Pickleball Hotline is toll-free and open 24-7 for you. Rants, raves, questions, comments, whatever you got, we want to hear from you. 1-855-PB-SHOW. That's 1-855-PB-SHOW. We'll continue our conversation next week with Coach Mo. Got so many other things I want to ask him, so you definitely want to stick around for that. Go to iTunes, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't have to remember to go and download the show. It'll do it automatically for you. And if you think of it and feel it's appropriate, leave us one of those five-star reviews. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.